Hey, hey, Leah Ryan here. Welcome to episode number 20 of the Authors Read podcast. Today's author is H.V. MacArthur, and she'll read from her book, Low Man on the Totem Pole, Stop Begging for a Promotion, Start Selling Your Genius. Low Man on the Totem Pole, Stop Begging for a Promotion, Start Selling Your Genius by H.V. MacArthur. Introduction. Make the world beautiful. You should leave the world more beautiful than you have found it when you were born. Then you have done some service to existence. Osho. You are great. First of all, thank you for taking the time to read or listen to this book. Time is a precious commodity, and you investing your time in this book is something I take seriously. I'm not sure what your situation is. You may be a parent with young children. You could be juggling more than one job or staring at a fork in the road of your career. Maybe you're looking for your calling in life or you're out of work, struggling to find a way to make a living. I don't know. But I know what you choose to do now and in the future matters greatly. You matter greatly. How do I know? I know because you exist. I believe how we choose to make a living affects not just ourselves and our families, but also the global economy. I might as well tell you now and come clean. I'm an optimist. A neurotic optimist, but still an optimist. I first started thinking about this idea of everyone's greatness in my 20s. Early in my consulting career, I was working for a travel company. One of my first assignments was to travel around and train employees to provide good customer service. I always found that to be an odd focus for companies. The reality is nobody needs to learn customer service. We all go out of our way for others when we feel safe and motivated to do so. So instead, I focused on helping employees get out of their own way so they could show up as their best selves regardless of whether the customer was being a jackass or not. And let's face it, there are a lot of jackass customers out there. You, in all likelihood, have been a jackass customer. I know I have. But I digress. This particular trip had landed me in a little island down in the Caribbean. When I arrived at the resort where I'd be doing the training, I was greeted by an American woman who was hospitable, yet formal. She and her husband ran the place, and she had set me up with my room. As I took in my surroundings, I noticed a few details. My hostess smiled widely, but somehow that smile never seemed to reach her eyes. She didn't speak with her driver, an island native, for the entire 20-minute trip to the room, nor did she acknowledge him even after he dropped us off and brought in my bags. She gave me some time to settle in and returned later with dinner and some questions about the class I'd be delivering the following day. When I told her that as part of the class, I'd be asking all participants to think about their life's purpose, she stopped me with a bit of a laugh, then gave a serious warning. This type of lofty thinking would be too out there for the staff, she said. She went on to explain they were simple people and requested I focus on things such as smiling, saying hello, and going above and beyond what the guests expected. It was a tough call for me. On one hand, I disagreed with her assessment. I believed in my core that all people could identify with wanting meaning in their life and connection to that through their work. I also believed every brain was capable of understanding that work is one of the main ways we can add meaning to our lives. But I was also in my mid-twenties with scant experience to test my theories and no research to back up my instincts. I also desperately needed this gig to go well because I needed this and more just to pay the rent. I'd recently been laid off and volunteered into consulting for a living. To top it off, I knew I was laid off because they didn't want me there. You see, I was good at my job, but just as good at calling out the things I thought the leadership sucked at. I did so eloquently enough, but nonetheless managed to piss off all the wrong people. So I was struggling with whether to follow my instincts and teach the class the way I knew would connect with and inspire the audience, or whether I should simply comply with the request of my faux-friendly hostess, 
who would surely report back to the powers that be whether they should continue hiring me. This was the dilemma I wrestled with the following morning. The class was set up in a shady picnic area right on the beach. More than people, 30 people showed up, all native to the area, all with English as their second language, and all with jobs the world considered manual labor. Their expressions told me everything. I was just another foreigner coming to tell them how to do their job. My hostess stood off to the side, smiling, but I felt anything but supported. Watched was more like it. My gut felt like it did the day after I realized I'd been laid off, that powerless feeling that my security lay in the hands of somebody else, and that somebody didn't get me and wouldn't have my back if things went sideways. The hostess introduced me and instructed the group to listen because I came from the corporate offices and was a customer service expert. That made me cringe even more. I'd been on the receiving end of these types of lectures, whether because of my age, gender, or position. And all I thought about the people being introduced as the experts I was supposed to listen to was I was about to listen to some jack wagons who probably never worked a real day in their lives discuss something they learned in a classroom somewhere. But damn it, I needed a job. So I launched into an overview of what we'd cover, how to greet guests, the company's customer service principles, and how to handle complaints. But something happens to me when I teach a class. It's no longer me doing the talking. Instead of me in charge, it's like the class comes through me. Something takes over and the rest of the world disappears. The only people who matter are those in front of me. I connect at a deep level. Something about what I sense about the people in the audience tells me what to pull out of my brain and share. I've heard this called being in the flow. It's not a conscious decision during this time. I stop even thinking about me. I stop thinking altogether, really. It's like I'm completely open and connected, and the audience is selecting what they need the most in that moment. So on this occasion, I focused on talking about knowing how to identify your pyramid of purpose, or your pop, as I call it. I'll discuss this later, but the majority of the session talked about how to connect our day-to-day activities with our larger purpose, that what we call work is just a brick in the pyramid of our purpose, and how every guest interaction is an opportunity to support building that purpose or detract from it. I didn't know how my hostess was handling my detour from what we'd agreed I'd discuss. I also didn't care. I wasn't thinking about my job security. I was watching a group of men and women wake up right before my eyes. I was seeing their energy pick up. There was laughter, note-taking, and lots of questions. I don't remember exactly what they asked, but I remember feeling connected and useful. Of course, some disengaged, and I could see they were having a hard time keeping their eyes open in the tropical heat. I have no delusions that I'm some magical creature who can summon the greatness everyone harbors inside of them. But the majority connected to what I was saying, and that was enough to keep the channels open. I made sure I'd cover all the points I agreed to with my hostess. After all, they were good points. I just took a different path to them. Afterward, there was applause. The way I see it, this is never about me, and it wasn't this time either. The group was simply acknowledging the relief they felt at being understood, and that's one of the greatest sensations we can experience. No longer feeling alone or lost, but connected to others, often who we may have thought were so different from ourselves. So it's that feeling they were applauding, and I silently applauded them for allowing themselves to be open to it. The driver from the day before approached me after the class. His accent was strong and his English broken, but I got the meaning from his smile and thank yous. In the meantime, I saw my hostess approaching. I snapped back to reality and that nasty knot in my gut filled me again. Was she going to complain? Would I be losing my future gig because of this? Then the driver showed me something that made all my anxiety melt away. He held out his hand out from the class. He'd been taking detailed notes. On the back, he had drawn a pyramid. At the top of the pyramid were the words, Be a good father. There was more, but I couldn't read it, nor could I quite understand what he was saying to me now. 
But when he looked at me intently, tears in his eyes, and pointed to the top of his pyramid, I knew I had helped him connect to what mattered most to him. The hostess interrupted us, and I politely let her know I'd be with her in a moment. The driver began speaking excitedly. From what I could make out, he had saved enough money to buy a home. Two of his kids were in school. He knew how to fix cars, and his wife liked to paint. I still struggled to understand his words, but what was clear was he was proud of himself. He was proud to share with me who he was. I knew he was feeling his greatness, and that is an amazing thing to see awakened in someone. For me, there is nothing better. I'd like to thank HV for sharing her book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!